Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Amen. Welcome, Pastor Gary. Amen. Stacy, how can women man the table? I couldn't figure that out. But anyway, I'm going to ask Norm, my wife Norma to come up. She's going to help read the scripture. So if you can turn to Revelation chapter 19, verse 11. And we're continuing the series today on the, on the names of God. And the names that we're going to talk about today is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Verse 11. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he does judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that your word would take root in our hearts. Lord, that it would bear fruit, much fruit for your honor and your glory, Lord. And I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that it would go out and do good, Lord. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks for your word today. Amen. Amen. The, the scriptures from Revelation that Norma just read, they haven't happened yet. It's about something that's coming in the future. Because this might shock some of you, but the Bible teaches that right now, Jesus is not king of the earth. We call him Lord, king of kings and lord of lords. But if Jesus was the king of the earth, it wouldn't look anything like it does. There wouldn't be the child abuse, the pornography. There wouldn't be all the lying and stealing and crookedness and the hypocrisy. If Jesus was king, this earth would look totally different. But you know what the Bible says? That right now, in this season of the earth, that the devil is the prince of this world. And why is the devil the prince of this world? Because God gave this world to us. If you go back to the beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis, God created this earth and he gave it to Adam and Eve. It was a gift to us. And Adam and Eve took it. And instead of obeying God, they obeyed the devil. And since the earth was created, generation after generation has passed. And other than a few people, 
Most of the world still obeys the devil and has given this world over to the enemy. So we say that Jesus is king of kings. Because one day, and I believe it's coming soon, Jesus is coming down from heaven. And he's going to defeat all the armies of the earth because it says in Revelation that all of the armies of the earth from all the nations are going to gather together in Jerusalem. And they think they're going to be able to fight against Jesus and the armies of God. You know who the armies of God are? That's you. Because we're coming down from heaven with them. And all the armies are going to gather in the valley of Jezreel. And there's going to be a battle called the Battle of Armageddon. And Jesus and the armies are going to come down. And all the, the armies of the earth are going to come and think that they can defeat us. And just with one word, all the armies are going to be destroyed. And Jesus is going to come down and he's going to rule and reign on this earth. And he's going to be king of kings and lord of lords. And all the evil is going to go. All the crookedness is going to go. All the pain, all the sickness, it's all going. Because when Jesus rules and reigns, everything changes. Well, what about now? Can't we say that right now Jesus is King of Kings? You see, we can say it. But when we say it right now, we're not talking about out there. Because if Jesus was the king out there, when you turn on the TV, you wouldn't see all the junk. When you go to the movies, you wouldn't see all the sin being glorified. If Jesus was king out there. But let me tell you why we can call him king. You can call him king if he's king in here. In your life. I'm talking to every one of you personally right now. He can't be just king of this church. The only way he can be king in the church is if every one of you live in obedience to God. See, every time you obey God, every time you obey the word, Jesus' kingdom begins to come. He, his place of, of kingship begins to move ahead. He can be king in your home. He can be king everywhere that you go. Everywhere that you put your foot, you can bring his kingdom. The Bible says that in, in the end times, every knee will bow. Every tongue can, will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But until that day comes, God is looking for a people who say, maybe you're not king in my job, maybe you're not king in that school, but God, you're king in my life. As Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If that's not you, if you can't say that, then you can't call Jesus King of Kings. See, Jesus can't be Lord and King of our lives just on Sunday. 
And then we go out and then we take back our lives and live any way that we want to. You know what we call that? Hypocrisy. One way in the church and another way out of the church. Whatever you can't do in this church, you can't do out of the church. Any way that you can't talk in here, you can't talk out there. Any way that you won't mistreat or abuse somebody in here when everybody's looking, you can't do it when you go home either. Because God is looking for a consistent people. People who are going to worship him. See, that's true worship. We did this whole series in this church about worship. And worship is about being living a life of obedience. Not only on Sunday morning, but Friday night, Tuesday afternoon. When I want to know where someone is spiritually, I don't ask them, where were you Sunday morning? I want to know, where were you Saturday night? What was that you were looking on your computer at 2 o'clock in the morning? See, that's what I want to know when I want to check someone out spiritually. Jesus prayed the Lord's Prayer. And part of the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. And that's, that's how, that should be our prayer. God, I want to do your will. What does that mean, your will? It means we need to get out of God's way in our lives. That we need to live lives of obedience. It means if I want to do something and it's not in line with the word of God, I'm willing to move out of the way and say, God, your will be done in my life. Then we could really say that he's king. It does, see, that's religion, just waving palms around and saying, God, you're king, and then we go out and, and we live a life of disobedience. See, that's religion. That, that's just custom. I'm just doing it because it's Palm Sunday. It's got to be a reflection of who you are inside. When you wave the palm, you're saying, God, I bow my knee to you. I make you king. I make you king in my heart. I make you king in my emotions. I make you king over my thoughts. I make you king in my home. So what I'm going to do now is... I want you to turn to John chapter 12, verse 12, because this is Palm Sunday, as Pastor Sal said before. And I'm going to read the story of Palm Sunday and show you why is it called Palm Sunday. So, John chapter 12. Starting in verse 12. It says, The next day the great crowd that had come for the feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. Verse 13. 
At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him. And they had done these things to him. So this is the, this is the story of Palm Sunday. It was about this time of year. And Jesus was about to be anointed as the king. So he got on a donkey, as it was prophesied in the book of Zechariah. And he rode into Jerusalem to proclaim himself as king. Now that's unusual for a king to be on a donkey. A king should be in a chariot with a procession and horse and, and, and all these horses and having all these servants. But the Bible says Jesus came lowly. He came gently riding on a donkey. Why is that? Because Jesus is different than the kings of this world, than the important people of this world. They'll push you right out of the way. They have no time for you. But Jesus came humbly and gently because he's a king that's accessible. He's got time for you. He can identify with your problems. You, have, you serve a king that loves you with all of his heart. That's why he came on the donkey to show you, I'm here for you. I'm down here. See, our idea of a king is someone who's high all the way up there and nobody can come near him and he's hidden and he's got an entourage that'll push you out of the way. But that's not Jesus. Jesus came and he said, do not be afraid. You don't have to be afraid to come to Jesus. He's a mighty and powerful king. He's the Lord of lords. He's, all authority on heaven and earth is given to him. But anytime you want, he says, come to me. He loves you so much. The Bible says his arms are outstretched toward you. He won't turn you away. He's a king that loves you. Don't be afraid of him. Some of you are afraid even to come to church thinking, oh, God's seen what I've done and he's, he's got this big hammer going to hit me in the head. No! He came lowly riding on a donkey to say, here I am, I know your sins, I know your failures, but here I am, come to me. And as he rode in, people started to yell, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna is a Hebrew word. Actually, in Hebrew, it's Hoshana. And it means, please save. Because the, the Jewish people back then in Jerusalem were in a bad way. They were being oppressed by the Romans. The Romans came into Israel and took over their country. That would be like if China came into the United States and took over everything and started to stomp people down. And they cried out, God, Hosanna in the highest. Or in other words, please save us. And they said in the highest, which means in the best sense of the word. In other words, God, save us completely to the uttermost. Not a, we're not asking you for a little. See, in the highest means we're not just asking you to do a little bit for us, but save us, God, in the highest. Save our families. Get, a, get us out of this mess, God. Do your best. And they took the palm branches 
and they began to throw them down. As Pastor George said, a palm branch represents victory, but it represents even more than that. It represents victory with great joy. Victory with great joy. Do you know that you're victorious because you've got a victorious king? Do you know that right now in heaven that people are waving palm branches? Let me read this to you. Revelation 7, 9. After this I looked, and a vast host appeared, which no one could count, gathered out of every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. These stood before the throne and before the Lamb. They were attired in white robes, with palm branches in their hands. That's the scene up in heaven. That even now the people of God who have gone before us, they're standing with palm branches in victory and in joy and saying, We worship you, Lord. Let me see those palm branches. Wave them up to the Lord. You're, you're victorious in Him. You're a conqueror in Him. He's a great and mighty King and He lives in you. He lives in your heart. Amen. Say in verse 16. I'm going to read that again at first, and I'm going to ask the choir to begin to come up. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. See, in verse 16, his disciples didn't understand what was going on because they thought he was coming into Jerusalem to set up a political kingdom. See, that's why the Jewish people, even today, don't accept Jesus as their Messiah. Because they believe that when the Messiah comes, that he's going to set up a kingdom on earth. And that all of God's people are going to rule and reign in Jerusalem. And one day that's going to happen. But before that could happen, and this is what the disciples didn't understand, he's got to be Lord of you. Before Jesus can be Lord of this earth, <coughs> he's got to be Lord in your life. So the choir is going to start in a second. I'm going to ask you all to stand, because I want to see that scene in heaven. I want to see heaven and earth connect on earth as it is in heaven. And I want you to get the palm branches as they did back on that ancient day. And as they worship and they say, Hosanna, save us. Wave those branches in joy and victory because God, he's going to save you out of your circumstances. He's going to help you. Praise him. Let's do it. We're going to need you guys' help, so I hope just clap with us. Run that track, brother. Come on, clap your hands with us. If you 
know this song, sing along with us. be up there with these guys.
you really gotta have it. 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 Hallelujah. Come on, bless him one more time. Let's hear you shout, Hosanna. I want to hear you, Hosanna, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. See, if you believe that song today, if you believe that Jesus is Lord, that he is king, then we need to make him Lord of our lives. We, we, need, we need to give everything over to him. And that includes all the questions why. I don't know about a lot of you, but I wonder about a lot of things in my life. <clears throat> a lot of things happen that make no sense. Sometimes it seems like everything is going ahead and starts to fall apart again. And I get angry and I say, why God? Well, if he's king, we need to just trust in him. Because he's a good king. He's a king that loves you. We can give him all of the questions. All the things that plague us. Why, God, does this have to happen? And why are things like this? And why don't I ever move ahead? And why doesn't my family ever change? And why do I, how come I never have any money? And, and we fill, we're filled with all kinds of questions. Let's give all those questions today over to Him. Let's just trust in Him. He's a God that's trustworthy. He loves you and he knows what's best for you. Some of you have been praying for things for a long time and God hasn't answered. And for some of you, it's because that's not what God had for you. I was listening to, uh, to a song the other day called Thank God for Unanswered Prayer. And I look back in my life for some of the things I ask God for. And I say, thank you, God. Thank you you didn't give me that thing because it wasn't you. It would have killed me. It would have destroyed me. Sometimes we, we just need to trust him. He's king. Just lay all those things at his feet. All the questions, all the doubts, all your problems. Because he can help you. And not only he can help you, he lives to help you. When you cry out, Hosanna, save us, it doesn't only mean to save us for eternity, but it means, God, help me in my job. God, save my financial situation. God, help me in my relationships, God. God, save, my, save me, Lord God, with my children, Lord God. God isn't only interested in the spiritual part of your life. Everything. He wants to help you in every part. You can just leave it all to him. Just lay it down at his feet. But in order for that to happen, we need to make room for him in our hearts. 
Because a lot of us, we can't, the Bible talks about a crown of pride. Many of us, we want to be Lord of our own life. Nobody can tell me what to do. I'm my own king. Well, the Bible says that you either, you either obey God or you obey the devil. There's nothing in between. There's nobody who's just king of their own life. I heard um, Ted Turner, who's, who's the one that started CNN and TNT and TBS, and that's what he said. I don't need a God. That's for weak people. I'm, I'm the God of my own life. No such a thing. If you're the God of your own life, then the devil is your God. That's what the Bible says. We, we need to make room for God. And to do that, we got to cast off the crown of pride. Make room for him. Because life is all about glorifying him. I'm going to ask the um, drama team to begin to set up. <clears throat> See, God is looking for a generation who will love to glorify him and not seek attention for themselves. See, all the years I've been in church, that's what church has been about. Building up man's kingdom. Trying to build a big church so they could say, wow, my church is bigger than your church. Wow, come and see my big building. Come, come and see how great I am. Come and see how many speaking engagements I have. It's all about me. But God is looking for a different generation. I believe that's why God is bringing so many young people into this church. Because he's about to raise up a generation who lives to glorify God. Who would love to do nothing but get out of his way. See, about, about two or three years ago, I, I was a pastor in full-time ministry, doing full-time pastoring. And I stepped out of that because God has other things for me. And then I went to God when, when that was about to happen. And I said, God, okay, I'm ready. How do I build my ministry now? Where do I get those business cards printed up? Where, how am I going to get my name known out there? And I started to meet with different pastors. And that's what they told me. Oh, you, gotta, you have to build something big. You have, to, um, you have to advertise yourself. You have to show up at every stinking meeting. Can you say stinking in church? I didn't know. I just did, right? You got to go to all the meetings because meet the right people. Because you have to have a name. People got to know you. You got to build yourself up. You got to build your ministry. And I started getting all into that figuring out how I'm going to build myself, how am I going to build my reputation. And you know what God said? He said, if you build your ministry, I'm gone. God said, I'm not in your ministry. You have to build my ministry, my kingdom. It's, God told me it's not about you getting known. It's not about who knows you because your name is known in heaven. And that's true for every one of you. Your name is known in heaven. God knows you. And you know what the Bible says? Promotion does not come from man. Even your money doesn't come from man. Some of you might be trusting in your job, in people. 
God is your source. God told me, you trust me for the finances. You trust me for the open doors. Don't build anything. But see, that's all I've known in church through the years. <clears throat> Building the kingdom of man. Who, who's going to get known? Who's going to be out there? Who's going to steal God's glory? <coughs> if you want true success, it's about allowing God to shine through you and giving him the glory. <coughs> I got to get some of this holy water here. See, in the way of the world, this is what the world is like. I ha I'm number one. I have to look out for number one. I have to look out for myself. That's not the way of the kingdom. The way of the kingdom is the last shall be first. I just give myself over to God, and he'll do it. And he's going to do that for you. If we just get out of his way, so that when people see your life, they won't say, wow, you're a great person. You're, you're, look what you accomplished. But here's the goal, that when people look into your life, they see God and they say, wow, I want to know the God that you serve because God has done great things in you. <clears throat> so we're going to have the um, drama team come up right now. <coughs> Ready? Hmm? We need to move this? Okay, Larry, can you help? To, uh. <coughs> and they're going to do a song by Jason Upton. And he had a story that's very similar to my testimony. And, and just listen to what God spoke over him. All through the Bible, God used people who didn't have a clue, who didn't have all the answers, and who didn't really know anything. They had no strategy, or their only strategy appeared to be to look to heaven and say, My eyes are on you, great victorious warrior. You are my shining star. God is building an army of sons and daughters whose single-minded passion is for His purposes alone. In the end... It's our own choice whether to live out our own strategies thereby, living so that others see only our abilities, but then we'll end up just like the enemy, just another dying star. I was just hanging out with the Lord one day. And um, I said, Lord, I want to be a part of your army. I said, Lord, I want to be a part of your army. 
to be a part of that generation of people that you raise up. And, and the Lord, he just, um, he just sang this over me. He said, you got your best men on your front side. You always show your best side. This is your strategy But son, I hope you take it from me You look just like your enemy
the song said that the greatest idols of our lives are you and me. We worship at the altar of ourselves. That's why there's so many people with eating disorders in this country. That's why there's so many wounded people because we've bought a lie and saying we have to be up here. We have to portray an image. We have to please man. Well, you don't have to please anyone but God. You don't need an image. 
You don't have to you don't have to look a certain way for anybody because God loves you and he accepts you as you are. <coughs> I'm going to read one more scripture if you can turn to Revelation chapter 5 verse 5. And I'm going to go over quickly one more name of God that pertains to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that's Lion of Judah. Because the lion symbolically is, is a, a king of the jungle. But there's something about a lion. You see, Jesus came first as a lamb. He's gentle and meek and humble. But the Bible says he's also like a lion. And a lion is ready to pounce on the enemies. Revelation chapter 5, verse 5. Do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of, Ju of Judah. <clears throat> the root of David. He has triumphed. He's victorious. And the lion of Judah, he'll fight for you. And he'll fight in you. <clears throat> See, there's a battle going on in this world. But you've got in, living inside of you the Lion of Judah. And in Luke 10, 19, it's, God said, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you because that Lion of Judah lives in you. And nothing can hold you back. You... Because God is greater. He's greater than your problems. He's greater than that person who torments you or abuses you. And he'll fight for you. See, the Bible says we're in a battle. We're in a war. But guess who wins? That's what the palm branches are all about. And in closing, this is the picture that the Lord gave to me. I'm just going to ask everyone to stand one more time. <laughs> and I'm going to ask all of the families to join together. In other words, if you're a child and you're not with your parents, I'd like all the children to come with their parents and all the people who, who came as a family to come together right now. And I'm going to ask Pastor George to come up here. And if you came today by yourself and you're not part of a family, I'm going to ask you to join Pastor George and Michelle up here, if Michelle's available. So if you came today, you're saying, I'm alone. I didn't come with a family today. We just invite you to come up right now because there's nobody alone in this church. That's what this church is about. It's the family of God. So I'm going to just ask you to just join with Pastor George over here. Anyone else? That you, you came today by yourself and you're saying, I'm not here with my family. This is your family. <clears throat> and this is what we want to do. We just want to declare war over the enemy right now. But I just, when it's, we're going to play another song called The Lion of Judah. And as we play it,
I'm just going to ask you just to begin to pray over your children. I'm going to ask if you're a husband here, because God has given the men the primary authority in the spirit realm to be the, the gatekeepers of the home, to stand between their family and the enemy. So if we have any fathers, husbands here, and you're here with your family, I want to ask you to just begin to pray over them. And if you're not comfortable doing it out loud, Just do it. Just put your hand on them and do it in your mind. That's okay. God reads your... The Bible says God knows your thoughts from afar. But what we want to do is not only trample the enemy to get the devil out of this church. I want him out of your home. I don't want him pushing you around anymore. So I'm just going to ask you just to begin to pray. Pray over your children. Just begin to pray over your wife. Your, if, and if you're a single mother, just pray over your children. If, if, even if you have no husband, if there's no father, God will give you everything that you need as a single mother to live a victorious life. You're not limited by not having a man in the home. Father, we just give you right now every person here, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God, that you rule and reign in every heart. If that's you, just wave your hand to the Lord. If you're saying, God, be Lord in my life, I give you my life. That's it. Just wave your hand to heaven. Heaven sees you. Just acknowledge that right now. Say, God, you're Lord of me. You're not just God out there. You're not just Lord in the church. That's easy. It's easy to say God is Lord in the pastor's life. He's Lord when I go to church Sunday. But if you're saying, God, be Lord of me, God sees you right now. He sees that commitment. He sees it. So, Father, I just thank you for everyone right now, Lord God, who's raising their hands to heaven, Lord God. And I just pray, Lord God, that you would be Lord in every home. I thank you there will be no lack in your homes. I just bless you with that right now. That the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, he can't have your children. He's not going to break up your marriages in Jesus' name. He's not going to... That sickness, I break the power of sickness. Now, God is Lord over sickness. God is greater than your sickness. I just speak healing power now. Now, be healed. Be healed. Be healed. He's greater than your depression. So I just release you right now from sadness and depression. In Jesus' name, he's greater than your self-hatred. In Jesus' name, because he's the God of love. He's the king that loves you. So we thank you, Lord God. Let's just end just by worshiping him. We worship you, Lord. God, we bless you, Lord God. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. You are the Lion of Judah, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Families, you're welcome to stay. You're welcome to leave. But right now, we're just going to worship the Lord one more time. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. 
We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.